0: Welcome to the Fashion Your Passion podcast. I'm your host, Sammy Reyes, a college student here to help you fashion your passion and transform your life. This past year, I've learned a lot about living out your true passions and implementing the best habits, and I'm ready to share these tips with you. Season three is nothing like you've ever heard on any other podcast before, and I'm so excited to take you on this journey with me. Let's get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, as many of you know, this podcast was just a 4 a.m. idea in preparation for a school project. Now it is a way that I get to spread my voice and help other teens create the best habits for their life. I want to hear your voice too. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. There's all the tools you need in the app or on their website. And my favorite part is that Anchor distributes your podcast for you so that it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more. You can make money from your podcast too. It's everything you need. And all you have to do is go to anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app to get started. I can't wait to listen to your podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. I am super excited you guys decided to tune in this week. You're listening to episode number 55 of the Fashion Your Passion podcast. We have been down such a long road and I'm so excited that we are continuing to go down this road. This week I am joined by a licensed therapist as well as author Jodi Amon. Jodi, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Sammy. Can you just tell my listeners a little bit more about what you do, what your mission is in life and sort of a little bit into the journey about how you got to this point?
1: Sure. Yeah. So, you know, I was a I started out as a social worker, which licensed mental health therapist. So I've been doing clinical practice and working with people, kids and teens and adults and couples and groups for now it's been 23 years I've been doing that. In the last 10 years, I started blogging and making videos so that I could share some of the messages that kept coming up over and over with the people that I worked with, I thought instead of only touching the eight people a day, what if I could touch more, you know, by coming online? And, and then I started writing my books. So my latest one, Anxiety, I'm So Done With You, is, is for teenagers and it just came out a couple weeks ago. So I'm really excited about it.
0: Yeah. And I remember when you know, I first came across this. I, I read the title of your book and I was like, wow. I was like, I need to find a way to get on the podcast somehow. I was like, this is the perfect thing, you know, for that. I really haven't touched on yet, which is so crazy to me. But, you know, this podcast is gear towards teens to you know help them sort of find their passion and sort of just figure out their life as a whole and I've had you know mental health professionals on and we've talked about you know sort of belonging and, and and sort of mental health you know during this whole covid thing but I really haven't talked about anxiety specifically so can you just you know sort of touch on through your experience and your research sort of what is the current situation um, you know outside of covid-19 with teens and anxiety sort of, I mean, I'll ask this question later. I'm going to, I'm asking seven questions right now. Um, -hmm. but just give me sort of your experience, um, through your clients, stuff like that about the situation with anxiety.
1: As everyone else, I think, you know, I'm a parent as well as a counselor. And so we're seeing such a rise, a rise in anxiety among young people and depression too, but they come together in a lot of ways, but just the struggling is so, high right now, and it'd be even before COVID. And of course, it's complicated, all of it. But I think we're seeing that because, you know, we're, we're in this individualistic culture. And even in the last 15, 60 years, it's even, you know, we are, we're in even smaller households with the dawn of the digital age. We have an increased comparison culture. And so we're always finding ourselves inadequate. We have an increased like virtual trauma. We see violence very far away and there's not much we could do about it. And so we just get anxious about it. And also with commercialism, just really touching into our sense of worth and really downgrading our sense of worth in in very impactful ways. So life is actually maybe easier for young people, but it feels like so much harder than when I was young and any other generations before us. They have anxiety because they don't think they have skills. Like we're disconnecting young people from the skills that they have in life. And so they think that they can't handle anything if they don't have those skills. So this book and my message is about showing them what they have, like their sovereign abilities, all the ways that they can, not That that is evidence that they can handle life so that we could really unpack what's going on
0: yeah no, a hundred percent. And I feel like you touched on so many good points there, and I have so many questions, but before I ask my questions, I wanna lay sort of the groundwork for the difference between just anxiety for a certain situation and an anxiety disorder. So can you sort of decipher between the two? Because like people hear anxiety and they just you know they think of, oh my God, like I have to be like, you know, scared of everything every day and stuff like that. So can you just decipher between the two, like, sort of capacities of having anxiety?
1: This is actually a huge problem because, you know, people use this word and think about it all different ways. And so, and we actually kind of assume that everyone knows the right way to use this word. And, and that's I, I see that inherent a little bit in your question because If you think about it, like it's all the same hormone. So adrenaline is the hormone that causes like anxiety symptoms. So an increase of adrenaline in your blood causes you to have an increased heart rate, increased breathing, rapid thoughts, rapid, scary thoughts, have tunnel vision, get sick to your stomach, be either overheated or underheated, shake. All of those things are symptoms of it. Sometimes get numb, feel disconnected to reality. I could go on and on. All of those are symptoms of having... Increase of adrenaline in the blood, and we could have a little bit of adrenaline and a lot of adrenaline, and those symptoms might look different, but they also look different for each person. So I like to define anxiety because this is the thing: is like, then nobody knows what it means, and then then that if you don't know what it means, it sort of means that like you don't know how to get help. We feel like you have to know what you need to get help with, or something, or you know, you need you're okay enough to get help, or something like that, right? And so um, not okay enough, like bad enough to get help is what I mean. And if you think about it as adrenaline and different levels of adrenaline, and if it interrupts your life in any way, you know, the thinking and the feelings that come along with that extra adrenaline when you're not in physical danger. So I define anxiety, the fear response, like the leftover fear response when you're not in physical danger. So the leftover adrenaline that's in you, that's causing all these symptoms when you're not in physical danger, if you were in physical danger, you would actually be taking action to survive and you wouldn't be stuck in anxiety. Anxiety is like a helplessness. You feel trapped. You know, it's just kind of a spiraling of afraid of the feelings, right? And I know there's some content of the anxious thoughts that come with that. But if we define anxiety that way, then everybody could say, oh, good, I want to get rid of it. You know, it's not serving me at all. Anxiety, the way I define it, doesn't serve you at all. And that's what happens because a lot of times anxiety tells you that it's protecting you in some way and then no one wants to get rid of it and you keep the suffering going on. And so it's really important. Like the fear response our actual fear response that the body has in case we were in danger totally helps you when you need it. And then if it's left over when you don't need it anymore, then it's anxiety. If we call it that, people will be like, let's get rid of it. And we can. And so sometimes people have a lot of anxiety or have it really often because it kind of becomes its own PTSD. Once you have a really bad anxiety, it's so scary and you don't want it to come back. And the fear of it coming back sometimes brings it back. And so I never use the word disorder because I feel like anxiety comes with other problems. It could happen to all of us or any of us could get our brain hooked on it. It is the worst suffering that you can have. And there is tons of treatment for it. It is highly treatable and actually people can definitely get over their anxiety. And so I think that's more important way to think about it.
0: Yeah, I love that way and that breakdown. So I feel like a lot of times, you know, people will just give a list of symptoms for either and, you know, you don't really Understand sort of which category you go down because they're so similar. They're so broad. They're so vague. So I love, love, love that breakdown. I want to touch on, you mentioned before about the comparison game, how sort of, you know, how big it is right now, you know, how, how important, unfortunately, it is in some of the lives of teenagers and young adults and even adults for that matter. Can you just touch on that and sort of break down what it is exactly and sort of how we can begin to practice you know away from that how we sort of look at that and be like okay maybe this isn't for me today or maybe I shouldn't be you know maybe I am okay where I am or I'm good where I am
1: yeah I mean there's this like radical acceptance right is like nobody's perfect and if you expect yourself to be perfect you suffer a whole big bunch right and so Everybody's different. So some people excel in some areas and some people excel in other areas, but we always compare ourselves to the people like ahead of us or something, right? Really, in reality, we're all kind of in the middle of the pack in life. You know, there's like, there's people ahead of us, people behind us because they started first or whatever. You know, there's just different. There's just so many different ways to be that you're not last in everything. But we have such a deficit culture. There's a, way in our culture that's teaching us to see our deficits. And this is really the problem is that we just notice our deficits so much. And so it always seems like we're the worst or we're the the least or we're the last ones or something. And everyone else has got their stuff together. The other thing that insecurity is invisible. So we look at everybody else and we think, oh, my gosh, they have it together. They're so secure. They have friends. Everything's good. In reality, everybody's struggling with insecurities. Everyone's got a shabby self-esteem. Everybody's really longing to belong and very often left out of their friend group. You know, we often think that this one girl has all the friends and sometimes when you get close to her, you know that she's been bullied too and her friends are leaving her out as well. And and so that's really eye-opening. But if you're not talking to everyone, you make total assumptions that everybody is fine but you.
0: Yeah, 100%. I think that you know, social media does not really help with that at all because you know social media is such a highlight reel, and you see only the good, and you see you know just the things that are that people want to show and they choose to show, and not necessarily what you know should sort of be you know not even shown but just known about a person. I think that's such a big thing to bring up because like some people just like go on social media and just look at it, and they're like, oh yeah, like whatever, like it just you know subconsciously just like goes to their minds and it doesn't make sense in the end. And so I really appreciate that definition. Thanks. Yeah, of course. I want to move on to solutions, you know, for people who resonate with the descriptions that you've, you've given us in the past, you know, few minutes. What are like two of your biggest tips you can give someone who has really just bad anxiety it's you know it's it's paralyzing it's crippling and it's, it's something that they are trying to cope with through exercise meditation you know all the thing journaling like all the things people say it just nothing's working for them like what would you say to them
1: i would say get my book
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have a, yeah
1: i have a few books and i have programs so also you could start just with my youtube channel That's right away, you know, Jody Eamon, that's how you find my YouTube channel. And right away, you'll start to learn a different way to think about anxiety. You know, you can use all the things to calm yourself once you're already anxious, but you know, once the anxiety settled in, it's like pain. It's like, if you're going to get a headache, like, you know, take the Advil, like when you first start it, but once sometimes the pain is that huge, it's hard, the Advil doesn't touch it. Do you ever hear of that? Yeah. And so same thing with anxiety. You want to kind of catch it before it gets bad. And so we have to think about it differently. I think what my programs and my book does that doesn't happen other places is that it breaks down the power of anxiety. You know, so so exercise and meditation and those kind of calms anxiety once it's there and they help so much. I advise them as well in journaling. But what if we thought about anxiety differently? So we took the power of anxiety down then you use those same skills like meditation and exercise and journaling and and rethinking and all those things that have, that help, but they would 10 times the impact.
0: That's so true. And I think, I think, you know, just like anxiety and just so many things that are related to anxiety are such a mental game, you know, where it's really like, you need to switch sort of your own thinking in order to, you know, sort of figure out the rest. You know, and I love that you sort of focus on that. And I wanna I wanna jump right into your book. I wanna talk about, you know, sort of what was it for you that you decided to, you know, write a book for teens? Like what was it that, you know, sort of sparked your interest in that? Because I know you have a bunch of other books. It's like this book just resonates so much with so many people. Um, so what was sort of like your idea behind that and why have you found it most important to sort of focus on this
1: You know, I've been working with teens for all this time for a couple decades, and I love them. You know, I just love them. The potential is so huge. And I really started to notice something unique that I hadn't really seen written anywhere or people talking about it all in teaching some parents some of these things and teaching it to the teen. Like teens want to know why, right? They want to know why all the whys are happening, like while why the things are happening. And I noticed that when people understood things, they stopped questioning because that's what our mind does. It questions, you know, something happens and we question it and we could get really lost in the questioning, really distracted with the questioning. And then we don't have energy left to heal ourselves. And so I started in my practice explaining things to people and it changed everything to really understand how the world works, because we really, when we don't understand that stuff, we just blame ourselves for everything. And so if we understood how the world works and that it's not really our fault and this is why, but we could do something about it. It's like, when you learn that you have a choice to be happy or not, we go to blame often because we think, well, well, that means I caused it. And so my approach is a little bit different. It's like, this is how our culture causes this but you still could do something. That whole thing is like, you have a choice to be happy. It's about giving you the power to be able to do that. But people get so lost in the self-judgment that it doesn't work. And so my approach is like, this is why our culture created us to be insecure. But you have some power to do something about it. And it really, it shifts things. And so I started writing a draft for the book and in divine intervention, a publishing company came to me after I did my TEDx Wilmington talk about anxious teenagers. A publishing company came to me and said, do you wanna write a workbook for teenagers? And I said, I got a draft already ready because I was on that road. And I think sometimes when you do what you're called to do, like things show up for you. And I think that's why it happened. So I published through Skyhorse and um, it's all been great.
0: Yeah, that's super exciting. I love what you said. You said, you know, when you just love what you do, like things just happen for you. And I think that's sort of the essence of this podcast, really, because I created it because I had found you know, sort of what I love to do. And I wanted to give it out to other people and show them how they can do the same. And so I want to ask you, you know, like, what was it, I know you touched on it a bit at the beginning, but what was it for you that really, you just said, like, you wanted to work with teens, you wanted to become a therapist, like, what was sort of that spark of your own journey? You know, did you, Sort of have your own struggles? Like, what was that like for you?
1: Oh, yeah. I definitely, you know, the reason why I started talking about anxiety, you know, when I started blogging, I was like, or in book writing and videos and stuff, I said, well, I could do like parenting, I could do anxiety, or I could do couples. You know, those are the kind of the three expertise I was on. And because I had anxiety myself, I thought, wow, everyone has anxiety. I'm going to, I have to write about anxiety because it is such a huge problem in the world. And in interviewing people as long as I have about their problems, I, I started to notice that fear was beyond every problem that people had. Like if you unpack every problem, every individual situation and experience and stuff, what people carry with them, underneath all that would happen is fear. You know, fear that they're not good enough or fear that they're not loved is like the basis of everything. And so I thought, well, if and that fear actually gets us to it get it causes all the problems in the world as well, so it causes all the problems in us, and then it causes all the problems in the world because when people are scared and they're anxious and they feel out of control, they try to get power over their situation sometimes they get try to get power for somebody else, sometimes they just try to control themselves, and that's like perfectionism or any kind of self harm or eating problems or just being hard on yourself and judging yourself. That's you trying to get power of yourself when you're feeling out of control. And sometimes people are bullying other people or you see it like even in the world, and nations are people oppressing other people. Like that's all from that fear that you're gonna lose status or lose love or lose worth. And I was like, I gotta do something huge that's gonna change the world and just really show people how to understand the fear really change the way we think about fear and do something about it, heal on all levels so that we can have a more peaceful world.
0: Yeah, that is absolutely beautiful. I honestly like, I am speechless of that story because I think it's, you know, it just goes to show how powerful your own experience is and how you can translate your experience. Like I always say, I always tell people, I'm like, I turned my pain into my passion, you know, in the matter of a few years. I think it just that your story goes show that as well. What are some of the things that you tell people when you're advising them to combat fear? This podcast, we talk a lot about fear in many different ways, whether it's going after your dream life or, you know, achieving the biggest goals for your life or stepping into different friend groups or different community groups and trying to belong. So what are your, your best tips, your best, you know, sort of tricks in order to combat fear, maybe on a daily basis or maybe in a situational basis? Well, it's
1: interesting because fear kind of hooks on a lot of different things. And so the conversation might be different depending on what your fear's hooked on, right? So it's hard to answer like a general question of how people should approach their fear because everyone, sometimes you have to do it according to what kind of fear it is. Sometimes fears are messages for us, You know, fear is basically to call our attention to something so that we could decide to take some kind of action. And so sometimes fear comes to call our attention, then we decide what to do. But then often it becomes like a habit to be afraid or be anxious about something. And so even if we do heal that thing, So there's a process like in my book, I do go through a process of like how to address or face that fear, address it when it comes up, like get the message and learn the whatever. And then what happens is it keeps coming up because that's what our mind does. We have a habit of that. And so then I teach people how to not engage anymore. Because the fear comes up again, we're like, oh, I to solve this again. And then you engage, actually. And you spend a lot of time trying to figure something out that you've already figured out. You know, you've already gotten the lesson from it, but you don't realize coming back doesn't mean you didn't get all the healing done. Coming back is just a habit. And so I think that's like a new message out here because people are still saying fear is a message like, you know, go into your pain and know what it is so you could heal it. But I see the opposite. I see people who just keep going back into their pain because they think if they feel it, that means they haven't healed yet. And they may have healed. It's just, a, it's just like an energetic imprint that keeps coming back like a habit. And they have to then do something else besides and stop engaging. And then it stops coming. And so I, th- I think that might be something new that really could help people in such huge ways.
0: Yeah, I know. I've definitely never heard of that before. That is something new that I'm definitely going to start, you know, (laughs) evaluating (laughs) in my own life and, you know, just sort of figuring out exactly how that plays a role in my day-to-day situation. So this whole podcast episode has really been things that have been truly enlightening to me that I have not learned before. So I'm so, so, so grateful. I want to roll into the final question of the podcast, which is something I ask every single guest. So based off of the title of the podcast, which is fashion, your passion podcast, what is one tip that you would give dreamers based off of how you have fashioned your passion? Like whatever you do with a few minutes of your day really reflects
1: on your life. Right. So if you if you think about everything you spend your time on or your mind on or your money on, it's a reflection of your whole life. And if we were really conscious about all those little moments, then it would build a life that we want to create, you know, And so just be really reflective of those little moments, how you use your time. And that doesn't mean don't rest. And that doesn't mean don't, you know, take time and pleasure and relaxing with people. Definitely that will help define your life as well in big, huge ways. But always take a look at if you spend time in negative, you waste time, you buy things that don't serve the world, then your bigger life, your whole life is going to be reflected in that.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. I hundred percent agree, and I think that you know, just the little habits in life are just so important to focus on. Where can people find you on social media? And you said your YouTube channel before, so give us all of the the handles and the links and stuff like that. Sure,
1: sure. Yeah. So my website's jodieman. J o d i a m a n. And on the bottom there's got all my social on Facebook and Instagram. I'm at Jody Eman Love, and Twitter and. YouTube, I'm just you, just Jody Eamon. So that's pretty easy to remember. Yeah, I have tons. I've, have, I've have programs for kids. I have like a, I have a develop your intuition program for kids and build your diamond confidence and healthy relationships program for teens. And so I'm really excited. Those are brand new as well. And I'm really excited about offering these. I feel like this book is going to change how people spend the next two decades. Right? Instead of like digging out from bad relationships and bad decisions, they're going to be really like engaging in what gives them life and what they want to be doing and feeling really centered in their sovereign power. So I'm, I'm really excited for the potential of this. So I'm so happy that you let me be on here and, and share this gift with with all your listeners.
0: Yes, of course. and I honestly, I hundred percent agree. Um, I think that you know what you do and what you you preach and what you practice is is much different than the typical therapist or the typical you know person in your field. I'm happy that you can come on here and and share your message and share. You know, what you do because I think, you know, it's so important to bring up these things. A lot of people don't talk about these topics, but also it's important because your approach is just so unique and different. So, Jodi, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really, really appreciate it. And for those of you listening, please be sure to screenshot you listening to this episode, post on your Instagram story, tag Jodi and I, and let us know what you learned. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Fashion Your Passion podcast. I hope you learned something from this episode. And if you did, don't forget to screenshot you listening to this episode, post on your Instagram story, and tag me at Fashion Your Passion podcast. I love hearing what you learned. As well, do not forget to scroll down and leave a rating and review. I love to read those too and know what you guys are thinking about the podcast. Be sure to tell all of your friends about this podcast because I want to spread this to as many teens as possible. Thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you guys next week.